Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Ross. Hello and welcome to a very, 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 very special edition of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Arguably the most unique episode we will ever have. I honestly didn't, I didn't know that if you hit the space bar that it would, <laughs> that it would undo me. So Alex removed from purpose. the chat before purpose. we even started. Incredible. Um... Yes, quite possibly the most uh, original and unique and one-of-a-kind show we will ever do, because it'll be recapping one of the three of ours weddings. Which one? Uh, I've, already, I've already had one. Tim will probably never have one. And Alex Fair. just Fair. had his first. So, uh, exciting. Anyway, I, uh, <laughs> so I want to commend Alex this week after the praise that I got last week for whatever balancing act I had to do to get on the show. Alex is on his honeymoon, guys. He is currently in Indonesia on his honeymoon, and he made the effort to log onto his computer to stare at Tim's face for the next 40-odd minutes. Which, again, I'm going to ask the same question we asked you, James. Uh, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> you could have definitely skipped this one. It would have been fine. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Because, honestly, the time difference... I mean, it's, it's, it's an even 12, right? So it's actually fairly easy. Like it's harder. I almost feel like when you have, I love the sound of chips. Yeah, um, it's cool. I have hours to edit this, so it's fine. <laughs> Thanks guys. Well, I'll be, it's literally my first meal of the day, man. It's seven o'clock where I am. I'm starving. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Um, so it's, it's actually pretty easy to find a time as I killed a mosquito, uh, to do this because it's either nighttime or morning time. So anyways, it's morning here on Thursday. Um, if you want to know what happens in the future, Tim is still desperately single and James still um, travels too much. So let's see. Um, quick recap. Indonesia is cool. To be honest, though, like a beach and a pool and an ocean is a beach and a pool and an ocean. Like it's it's the same. <laughs> Oh, dude, that Same. sucks. <laughs> That's tough, man. It's tough to be one day into your honeymoon and be like, yeah, we traveled. So, okay, so hold on. Let's no, walk people technically, James, we are, we are three days. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Because, yeah, you yeah. left on Sunday night. Yeah. You got married on a Saturday. Sorry, you had a wedding on a Saturday. You, got, you left that Sunday night. You flew 18 hours to Singapore yep. from New York and then connected down to Bali. And you got into your hotel at? Um, 
like 10 a.m. on Tuesday. 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And so it's, now, so it's Thursday morning there now. So it's okay. So it's been 48 hours essentially. Right. So you, have 48 um, hours. So you, you traveled but, but, for 48 hours to within 48 hours be like, yeah, we could have done this in Florida. <laughs> true. But so th- there was, there was always the potential, I think, concern for that. So we're actually at the first resort slash city of three. So we move away because I, I, I had a feeling, so I didn't commit to the beach. So we're actually going two hours north into the mountains, into like forest of Bali um, to have a very different experience that I feel like is the, is the one where you're not going to get anywhere else. But I, I also wanted to, with all the Can't travel. Can't do that in Florida. Right. With all of the travel and everything, like ease us into this sort like a very American word, essentially a Hyatt. Right. So I think that that's part of it. It's everything you look is very familiar and it's very Americanized and it's very all of that. Right. So today I think will be the transition, but we'll see. I'll let you know next week if that that theory is true. When do you go to mountain place? In three hours. Got it. And then how long are you in mountain place? Four days. Okay. And then do you go back to Beach Place? Just because it's closer to the airport for a day. And then I go to Sebring. So, Florida. <laughs> I assume part of the honeymoon, naturally. <laughs> so, you could have just go- So, I mean, I don't know if we ever... T- we wouldn't have talked about this story because we didn't have this show, I don't think, when I got married. But I had to cut my honeymoon short because... I had booked, so in, in like July, we booked our honeymoon for November. And in July, I said, hey, I need these two weeks off to the team I was driving for at the time. And they're like, no problem. So then they're like, two weeks, three weeks before my honeymoon, they're like, hey, 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 sorry, we've got a test at Sebring that we really need you at. And it's on like the first day of your honeymoon. So like again, we so we went to Singapore and then and then Maldives. Like we went to the same thing. So like forty. Anyway, it cuts like four days off of my honeymoon to be at this test, but I did. I did change everything, all the flights, which was not cheap to do three weeks before all this stuff. For the test, can you believe that? Unreal. So anyway, I I totally understand what it's like to have to. I did it the other way. I was supposed to be at Sebring and then go. You're going and then going to Sebring. Um, well, look. Fortunate, fortunately, though, I was already landing on that day. So instead of just going from Newark to Indianapolis, I'm just going from Newark to Orlando. So I was lucky that it didn't actually change. So James didn't program. book your flight then. He did not. Yeah, because otherwise he, he would have. You know. I mean, I. <laughs> I feel like Newark I get a bad LA, rap. Indianapolis to Orlando. I feel like I get a bad rap for all this, but like this year I've been, so I've, I'm currently in Austin. So I'm in Austin for F1, big F1 guy. And I got off my 102nd flight of the year today. And I feel like I've had a pretty decent travel year. I don't think I've messed up too many things for how much I've been traveling. So I'm going to give myself like a one point back on the, on the scale of being a terrible travel booker. Um, okay. Before we get too far in this, I think James, you and I owe Alex an apology. 
because there was a moment at the start of the wedding. Oh, and I want to oh, just well, hang on. This. Okay, hang on, hang on. You're already getting it. You're already getting ahead of things. He's already subsequently thanked us for that, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but kinda. But okay. Kinda. So, the Rossi wedding in New York City in Manhattan. Gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. Best wedding I've ever slept through. Fen- Fen- <laughs> and that's a long list, guys. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, a no, very long list. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much every yeah. wedding you've been to. My go-to party mood. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we're there. It's an incredible venue. The whole thing is beautifully executed by Alex. Who do you want to shout out for the incredible pulling off of everything? Um, uh, yeah, uh, Colin Cowie lifestyle. So, you know, they're not necessarily uh, cheap, but hey, they they took all of the, the stress and chaos out of everything and just um, did did. An amazing job for Kelly and I. So thank you to them. If you have any event, big or small, look them up. There you go. So uh, you get what you pay for. Maybe not cheap, but damn good. And so yeah. So we we have we have our morning. <laughs> think, we have yeah. We have yeah lunch plan. So the the girls all start getting ready at like nine o'clock or whatever. The guys mm-hmm. we have a program where we're gonna go to a a whiskey bar kind of place, have lunch and then go back to your room, start getting ready, all that stuff. Do all that. Everything's great. We get lined up for what we got to do for the, <laughs> Are we I, it's, it's worth noting here that, that on, during the rehearsal, Tim was I've, terrible. I've been in a couple, I've been in a couple weddings and usually mm. during the rehearsal, it's just like, yeah, all right, you guys, you're going to walk from here. This is what you're going to do. Not only do we practice the walking to get the pacing down right and where we're going to we sit we all did wrong, but by the all way, did wrong. the first time. We all did yeah. it correctly. We did it again. We rehearsed it twice just to make sure we'd get it right. Yeah. And so it's the day, and I go second Look, to last. We nailed I the immediately pacing. noticed I was walking too fast. Oh, like, I didn't, know, <laughs> I was, I didn't yeah. know that you already screwed that up. <laughs> yeah. And then Alex kind of gives me the look, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Slow down. So I slow down. I sit down. James comes out, walks perfectly paced. Perfectly you don't paced. sit down. We're still standing at this point. Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're right. We're still standing. <laughs> so James gets next to me, and I just whisper a kind of dumb joke. Like, not even that good. It's super not that good. <laughs> but for some, do you know when, like, you're in church or, like, in school or in it some place? It was fart-related. I'll, I'll, I'll just n- do that. Never, never not funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die on that hill. Farts are never not funny. He made a fart joke. And, and I'm poor Alec. I feel so bad. We start laughing uncontrollably in the middle of this gorgeous ceremony. And right? James went up last as the best man. So this is as the bridesmaids are now walking down, all probably perfectly paced. I, at this point, I'm staring at the floor, literally biting my tongue, trying to stop I was, myself. I was laughing. crying. I was literally crying. And, and I, just, I, I was trying to look at the floor, but I could just see you start hopping as you were laughing beside me. And then I would start laughing. It was terrible. And it went on for far too long. <laughs> like a well, ridiculous amount of time. I would stop and then make the mistake of looking over at you, and then you would start again, and I'd start all over again. At one point, you look at me, and you just go, if we don't stop, he's going to f- kill us. Correct. And so, for for visual appeal here, um, 
the 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 groom at this point and the officiant are standing in the middle of a room. Yeah, it's like a circle. So Alex circle. is staring directly at us. Right. We couldn't we couldn't have been placed behind him so he didn't <laughs> see this. We were right in front of him. And uh, and Alex, why don't you tell why don't you tell the people the series of events from your perspective? Well, <clears throat> I was already pretty pissed at Tim from <laughs> the rehearsal. Yeah. So uh, wait, 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 wait. Why? Rehearsal or rehearsal dinner? No, 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 rehearsal. The person, the person who was running the rehearsal, it, she like me was very. She cared very much about the execution and the details and making sure this was done correctly, right? And so everyone was, you know, it's a rehearsal, so everyone's kind of been having some cocktails, so everyone's loose, right? Um, but ultimately. It was uh, Tim who was like interrupting and doing the opposite of what she said at any opportunity that he had. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty he was sure I've done that sober too. So he was he was already on my <laughs> list. Um, so then, probably not going to make the second wedding, is what I'm hearing. Right. So of course, when he uh, walked down the aisle um, and then started making fart jokes and laughing, that just uh, exacerbated the issue of Tim being on my list so um but and this is an important but guys it did end up working out to my benefit so throughout the whole thing um everyone was like oh are you gonna cry oh blah blah blah. and i was like probably um but i really didn't want to because um i knew that if i started crying kelly would really struggle um, and then girls and makeup and blah, 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 blah. So two, two motives to not cry. Um, one selfish, one selfless. And as she started walking down the aisle, it was like, it was coming, right? I was getting misty eyed and like, yeah. I should point but out, then, we were not still laughing at this no, point. You were not point, still, we buckled had, it up you, at this point. Correct. You guys had a hundred percent. But I was still pissed. That's fair. So all That's I had to valid. do That's fair. was look at you, and then I didn't want to cry anymore. Um, <laughs> I wanted to and kill. Then, yeah, and then I'd look back at Kelly, get a little misty-eyed, look back at you. So it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really <laughs> nice balance of my emotions um, that actually got me through the hard part. So in a roundabout way, You're welcome. thanks. that's what we're here for bud we're just trying to help we're just here to help oh man that yeah when you told me that after the fact you're like i hate to admit this but like that kind of help i was like oh thank god i mean still wish i hadn't done it but i was mildly relieved i'm just saying you knew what you were getting when you invited me to a wedding you weren't like oh tim's gonna show up he's gonna be super responsible and keep his together that's that's valid so so listen listen it that there doesn't need to be any justification. Everyone, everyone lived up to their to their role. I think. Um, I'm Tim told I had the, a great time. Tim was the drunk, sleepy guy. You know, James was the responsible uh, teen dad who helped tie everyone's tie and uh, <laughs> put on their flowers and all that sort of thing. Um, Bish and Deepu were the comedy value of it. Uh, Bob did. Bob, Bob things. Bob also helped. He, he helped, uh, you know, like 
my suit didn't come completely finished. So he helped finish my suit, which is good that he had that ability with a pocket Bob, knife because he's Bob's a dad. A, so Bob's, Bob's a hell of a Bob's, guy. In a Bob's a guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a clutch player. Who else? Who else was there? Sage. Connor. Uh, you know, he Sage. was the, he was the child of the group. Um, and Connor was the uh, diabetic. So um, <laughs> every group needs one. Every group needs one. Insane after you. He was nailing it. He was diabetic yes. the whole time. Start to finish. Diabetic the whole time. Yeah, Didn't yeah. Stop pretty, pretty amazing. So listen, it all it all ended up working out just fine. Um, the inside cover of the wedding photo book is going to be Tim asleep yeah. um, because it is such an amazing picture. I think that Which was James' picture, idea. There were a lot of them. Um, well, the, the, the professional one, the ones of you asleep at the rehearsal dinner, it's more the videos that are interesting because yeah, as you would fair. bob your head and, and go so back and forth. Uh, my my yeah. favorite part about that at the rehearsal dinner was I was sat next to Tim at the rehearsal dinner that we'd like you, you had, I mean, again, phenomenal restaurant. You guys yeah. nailed all of this stuff. That place was incredible. We had this private room which was like a wine cellar in the basement of this restaurant it was absolutely gorgeous the food was incredible so they're pouring a lot of wine and uh and which which i now when i now um after i got the the bill um realize why because there was not bad wine no i mean my my wedding gift could go a long way in covering that it was good it was good wine i just i we put this together. Uh, we knew we wanted to do the rehearsal dinner at this restaurant. So we, we did like the contract and reserve the space like back in January, right? And there was a minimum to be met, which I knew about um, and asked at the time, like getting towards the end of dinner, like how we were doing on that. And everything was fine. But you, I thought there was like a, a, a package of wine that was included. You were, you were just charged per bottle, which is fine. And that makes sense. But that's also why they never let it get below. They had, a to, they had to get through right. a certain number of right. Right. Which is so, uh, great for being able to make the minimum, but also right. very bad for Tim's, you know, uh, decision. Well, yeah. I'm not going to lie. My Saturday night into Sunday morning wasn't awesome. Like Sunday morning was not <laughs> no. great for me because of it, but that's, oh, you mean that I was digress. Friday. 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 No, sorry, no, sorry, I was, I was, yes, I Friday. was in a, in a bad place. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. No, sure. nobody, nobody was looking great Saturday, <laughs> which was honestly probably a blessing in disguise because it took us most of the day to get our mojo back and start being able to consume alcohol. What had we started <laughs> at 10 o'clock, the wedding would have looked very different. Imagine how much you would have been laughing then. I mean, <laughs> Cal- Kelly, Kelly would have stabbed me on the way down the aisle. Um, <laughs> right, right. But so at the rehearsal dinner, Tim, like I could see, like I've, I've drunk, <laughs> I've been drunk around Tim and seen drunk Tim a lot. I get it. I know what he looks like. We're sitting there and, and, and Peter Rossi, your dad is on the other side of Tim. So Tim keeps looking over to talk to Peter and I was just constantly taking his wine and pouring it into mine or somebody else's to Appreciate save it. him. Yeah. yeah. So no, like that's part of why I ended up in such bad shape Friday night was because I was trying to save him from being yeah, that was worse. a good lookout. That was a good lookout. Oh, man, I had your back. But man, it, I paid for it. I paid for it the next day in a big way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. I took that bullet for the team. Mm-hmm. It was, anyway, it was a great time. It was a great time. What's hilarious, then, what's hilarious is Tim didn't, you know, decide to you know go to bed after dinner. He went out. Yeah. Same with after the wedding, by the way. Tim uh, sleeps through all the, the good parts and then has enough energy to go to the bars. So pretty, yes. pretty interesting move. Um, but like I said, 
it was uh, it was a wonderful weekend. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, we actually did a pretty good job of keeping up with racing during the weekend. And there was there was Petit. There was, what else? You guys did a good job of keeping up. I didn't really keep up. NASCAR ran. Um, Everybody had won. phones out at various points. Yeah, yeah. Oh, NASCAR, I, was, I, was NASCAR watching, I was watching Petit at my... Yeah, we were, really, we were invested there, in Petit. We were, we were invested in Petit um, because it was, as we talked about, this sort of winner-take-all situation. And it did come down to a bit of a... I don't want to say controversial finish. That might not be the right way of putting it. A kerfuffle. There was a kerfuffle that ultimately decided the championship. So a couple of the contenders had issues early. Like one of the Porsches had a crash early. That was just victim of circumstance and whatever. Um, And it kind of came down to the 31 uh, Cadillac and the number 10 Acura from Wayne Taylor. And with an hour to go, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, one hour. 31 was were they leading the race or were they just was it just like a for a position that mattered because whoever finished in first was going to I I honestly don't know. Yeah, we just were too wrapped up in the actual contact. And uh our boy Philippe Albuquerque was trying to make a pass on Pippo Durrani who got caught up in traffic going into turn 1 at Road Atlanta, which if you've ever raced Road Atlanta, which I'm assuming the majority of our listeners have not, it's a very treacherous corner. Attempted an outside pass on a guy that is notorious for being, I don't know, a ruthless defender. Is that a safe way of putting mm, that? He, he's a bit, he, he, he hits a lot of other cars. Like, that's just a fact of the matter. Not like, he's very contact. good, very fast, but hits a lot of cars. Not afraid of contact. There was yeah. contact, and it sent the 10 into the wall. Race over, day done, championship over. And also sent Philippe to hospital. So um, not that that was, you know, I'm not playing placing blame there. More just to say that I'm glad that Philippe's okay. I'm glad that he's out and is recovering and 
Um, we look forward to seeing him race again soon. But yeah, that was uh, that was uh, an interesting sort of dynamic there. You've done that race. You've been in that situation. How did you see it? Um, so, I mean, I'm going to try and not be biased because obviously I have an affinity to the 10 car and Philippe in particular. Um, so... I placed, I, I think it was Pippo's, Pippo, I wouldn't have fa- tried to fast run on the outside of Pippo. Let's just put it that way. Especially, especially turn one at night for the championship with an hour to go. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, it wasn't the last lap of the race. There was, the 10 car was fast. It's not like the 10 car you know, had to get in front to just hold up the 31 from getting away or, or something like that. Like the, the 10 car, I think was on pole. Um, so th- they had the, the, the inherent speed. And I think that as the, the, the weakness of the 10 car forever, and it's also one of their best strengths is whether it's Ricky or Philippe driving, when they have an opportunity to go win a race, they, do they commit to it at 100% and they either pull off a spectacular move or have a spectacular defense and they win and they look like superheroes or it's a little bit too much, too late, too early, whatever sort of thing. So I think this one um, is, is tough because in Pippo, if you put yourself in Pippo's shoes, it's like, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a really fast corner at night. He's got to he's also got to you know look after himself. He can't just drive in the middle of the track. If you look at Philippe's perspective, it's like well, it's a very dangerous part of the track. You got to give me a little bit of room. Um, Imza had a no call on it. I kind of have to agree with it, um, but obviously I do think that had it been someone that wasn't Pippo, they both would have come out the other side but then you also have to keep that in mind when you're racing that guy. So like, that's kind of where my senses are. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement, but I also think that when you, when you watch the video, he, he gets, he gets balked. Like he gets held up. Philippe's got a great run and at turn in the 10 cars ahead. And mm-hmm. so if you're in the 31, regardless of what lap of the race it is, whether the championship's on the line, any of that stuff, whatever, it's not like Philippe was at his left rear with, Philippe's right front and Pippo just sort of tracked out normally because you could argue he didn't know he was there sort of thing. Denkar was ahead of him. And then they Mm -hmm. had side-to-side contact three quarters of the way through the corner. Like he did not leave him enough room on the exit with a car he knew was there. So I'm going to disagree with Imsa's no call. I know it's for a championship. Like, what are you going to do? Like he's out of the race. You can give him a 30-second penalty or whatever the go-to penalty is. He's still going to win. So it's kind of irrelevant. So maybe that's what the thinking is there. But I still would place 90% of that accident blame on Pippo. But I do completely agree with your assessment that it's like, you, you got to know who you're racing. And he's got a history of being very, a very, what did I say? Very staunch defender or whatever it was. So it's tough, man. I feel it's, what is that? Four years in a row, WTRs come home second? And no, I mean, it... It, it sucks. Like it's, it's, they seem almost cursed to win a championship. You know, they, they win the big races. They're the, they are the car to beat at Daytona every single year. Um, you know, they were in a position to win Sebring this year and got dumped by a Porsche. 
Um, they obviously were in a position to win Petit this year. The 31 was involved. They were, I don't know. It's, it's, it's those guys do everything right. But for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the way the point system works, right? And it penalizes DNFs more than wins or, or whatever. But, like, it's just it's crazy to me. They've gone into that race as the leading car and haven't been able to come out with the championship. They've gone into this race being the second-place car this year. So they were like, oh, maybe this will change our luck type of thing. It's just not able to happen, which I feel for Wayne. I know how much he puts into it, obviously. Philippe and Ricky. Um, but also at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's hard. Racing's hard. It's not supposed to be easy. So um, it, it annoys me the 31 car one because that is the car I like the least in IMSA. <laughs> um, because I've had that same experience with Pippo and their former driver, Philippe Nazar, and everything. Like that car is, is pretty brutal to be around most of the time. So, anyways, there you go. It is what it is. So that season's done. NASCAR season's winding down. Larson locked his ticket into the championship four. There's two races left before the finale. Uh, so we'll see who comes out on top of that one. Uh, Blaney dodged a bullet in that race because he was DQ'd after the race in tech, and then he was reinstated after, I think, NASCAR realized their tool for measuring that part was not right or their template or something wasn't right. So for a brief moment there, the 12 car looked completely out of it. Um, but I think he's now kind of back in the mix. And then obviously we have F1 coming up, uh, this weekend in Austin, um, sprint race format, which, how do you feel? Have we talked about this? Have we talked about sprint races and whether we like these weekends? Oh yeah. They suck. We've talked about them a lot. Okay. So they're terrible and they suck. Right. And so while that is true as a fan, uh, as a presenter, also true, maybe true. Um, Mm. Looking at the schedule for this weekend and the amount of like amount of more hours, the amount more hours it takes to cover this kind of weekend, it's pretty full on. So super excited to be back here with the F1 TV gang. Very excited for the, the weekend in that sense. But it's yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of broadcasting, man. Um, I won't lie to you, but I'm looking forward to it. And Austin's always a fun town to be in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's see. IndyCar news: uh, Augustine Canapino coming back to Yunkos, which I am honestly surprised about. Not because I don't think he deserves it or did a great job. I just thought that because his funding was coming from a government, that's always unpredictable, depending on the state of the world and everything. Um, but it's not, so he's back, which is great for. Ricardo and Augustin. We're still waiting to hear what the second car is, which we will assume is Callum, but it hasn't been announced. So, and then obviously that uh, is exciting for for us in a way, I guess, because Aaron McLaren has a commercial partnership with Yinko, so that's cool to see someone um, of his popularity in Argentina back. I would hope that his fans take a, a breather though, and like take a like a Xanax or something during races so that they don't get so aggressive on the old Twitter. Um, but South American sports fans are pretty passionate. And speaking of Errol McLaren, um, our driver coach slash team, uh, I don't even know what to, what, I don't know what his title is. I love, it's weird. TK had a title of special advisor. 
I guess Rob is kind of our driver coach. Yeah, I would say. Let's call it, yeah, yeah, let's call it that. So Rob Wickens, our driver coach, um, won the TCR championship over the weekend. So we can't forget to talk about that and what an amazing accomplishment that is. Yeah, super excited for him. Um, Michelin Pilot Challenge and in the TCR class with Brian Herta Autosport in the in the Hyundai. Uh, him and Harry take, took on the championship, which is, I mean, it's incredible, guys. Like, there's there's no two ways to look at it. It was a very consistent season for them. Uh, barely put a foot wrong. And Rob Wickens is a champion again. And I don't think anybody's surprised in a lot of ways because that guy is just, like, a natural-born champion. But super excited for him and for Brian and Sean Jones and everybody involved in that program. Very, very exciting. Um some other IndyCar stuff. Uh, a, a couple guys got their <clears throat> rookie orientation out of the way on the ovals. Marcus Armstrong, Linus Lundquist. Uh, I mean, Kyle Larson jumped in the IndyCar. So that was that was in your yeah. program. So why don't we talk about that, and then we can get into your testing. Um, I mean, it was it was exactly what you would have expected from Kyle Larson in an Aero McLaren car. It took an hour and was completely boring. Right. Because he Super got locked in. locked down, driving around, um, yeah. Was, yeah, it was, was on the stand, and he did his install. He was like, ah, oh, it pulls to the left more than I thought. And everyone was like, is that fine? He's like, yeah. Um, went out, did his 15 laps, got asked on the radio, how's the car? Fine. Came in, how is it? Fine. Okay. We'll go faster. Okay. Did it. How was it? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, we'll go over two fifteen now. Came in. How is it? Fine. All right, you're done. Good job. So like it was. There was no. There was no nothing. There was no. Which was kind of. I was a little disappointed. He wasn't like, oh my god, this is so cool and so fast. It was just like, yeah, it's fine. It's uh, you got to remember. (laughs) (laughs) You got to remember that that guy. Well, hey, look, he went there and then went and won Vegas. So I'm not going to say that his time in an Indy car at the Speedway was like a deciding factor, but I'm not going to not say it. Um, but before before he got to ROP, he won some like, say it. sprint car say championship. It. Like yeah, he came from a, a Wednesday night race where he locked up a sprint car championship, did ROP, then went to Vegas. He's yeah. just, he's probably one of the best American racing drivers ever. But that's also why he's so hard to impress, right? Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little upset that he wasn't a little more impressed by it, but I'm also not surprised because like he's used to drifting a cup car around Vegas or you know fully sideways in a sprint car around Eldora. Like this, this guy does it all. Like he, he drives a sprint car that's got more horsepower than an Indy car on a quarter mile dirt oval, completely sideways the whole time. Like mm. that's just that's just what Kyle does. I think Kyle's eyes will be open once he gets into some traffic running. And he gets into some Q sims where they're peeling downforce off the thing, and you'd hope. I'd hope that's what I'm, I'm gonna say. That. Yeah. <laughs> you never know; yeah. he might just be that that good all the time. Um, all right, so Alex, you got the first your first opportunity to drive the 2024 spec hybrid at the Speedway. You had some very good quotes about it in the local press there in Indy. <laughs> Well, I love, I love, I love, I love how PR people still, still just take a snippet for uh clickbait, but whatever. 
It's true. It's true. It's not fast. It's not. It's it, like I, the stopwatch doesn't see lie. It. Yeah, like you can't. Right, it's not. Hide I'm that. not. I'm not saying anything bad. It's not optimized. We haven't. This was the first time that we've run it at the speedway. Like we don't have all of the power settings and regen settings and deployment timing and everything right. We were running a lot of downforce, but no, it's not. It's not fast. You do not expect this to go faster than last year's car but it's not supposed to this is you got to remember when gtp came out in imza and everyone has been praising the job that gtp has done and imza has done and all these manufacturers have done it's slower than a dpi car yeah like it's okay it's not all about lap time in the first year like it's about making sure the system's reliable the last thing that we need is this thing that puts out a bunch of horsepower but four cars finish in st pete like that's not a good look um so yeah, when people ask, oh, oh, why are you going slower? Why is it you have more horsepower? It's like, well, that's not, yeah, but there's also more weight. There's also a, a completely different um, philosophy to using that power versus just a normal internal combustion engine. So um, that being said, you know, my my first taste of it is on was on a Noble, so it was pretty. This is a good thing. It was pretty benign. Um, so From when like you deployed standpoint. it. From a handling standpoint, when you deployed it or regen it, you could kind of do it in any phase of the corner, um, and and it wouldn't affect the balance. It wasn't ever like a sketchy situation, which I think was always a concern. You know, when we did a push, when we did the push to pass test at the speedway several years ago, that was that was there were some sketchy moments there um, when you were running in traffic and you had the boost and someone else didn't or the the boost your boost timed out and theirs didn't like there was a there was a big closing rate that would happen and, and that sort of thing and, and that wasn't the case um with the hybrid and so we did we did 170 laps um 100 and like 40 of those were in a were in a group a four car group and everyone kind of had the same feedback at the end the system worked throughout the whole day for everyone um, the extra weight and the change of the weight distribution um, from the hybrid being installed had a, had a minimal impact on the balance of the car, which was also another huge kind of concern and then equally a huge win when it wasn't a big deal. So um, we've got more to come in terms of making it better and, and increasing like the speed of it. Um, but from a reliability and safety standpoint, it ticked all the boxes and, and that was, that was a great win for everyone. So, uh, earlier you had talked about in the future, the, the, some of the weight change might play more into your driving style. Is that more the chassis or was that the engine or is that, am I just, did I completely hear that wrong? No, no, no that's true. Um, th so the, the whole hybrid system makes a, seems I haven't driven it yet. I'll drive it next week. Um, makes a much bigger impact on the the behavior and feeling of the car um, on a road course when you have braking, braking zones. Okay. When you're just kind of flat out on a Noble, it doesn't it doesn't really do anything from a from a car behavior standpoint. Okay, I think the thing that I I I don't know if this has been discussed or if this is a thing already, but it's certainly something that I'm looking out for from like the TV side of things. Does it? indicate in any way when you're regening like you know how an f1 car when you see that flashing red light on the back of the car that means that the car is is harvesting is regening energy is that the same do we have a system like the rain light no. flash that's something we need to look into and i don't know if mm -hmm. that's a conversation that 
some of the drivers can have with with the series and or the TV people can have with the series. But like from our perspective, and F1, it's a little different. Like you see it, but it never really gets talked about because the way they deploy energy and the way their system works is quite a bit different. But like in this case, without a push to pass anymore, this is a this is a very sort of important part of the racing and understanding when mm-hmm. a driver's regenning gives us in the booth the opportunity to understand like, hey, keep an well, eye out here. He might be ready to deploy here. I, I think that's certainly the case on an oval, but for the the current thought process for a road and street course is it's going to be kind of an automated regen whenever you lift the throttle. So like you would just you know, you're not going to break zone. It's yeah, flashing, So who cares? Right. Right. Um, and I don't think you would ever try and regen like in a straight before a breaking zone type of thing, because well, you, you, if you deployed, you're not going to make up for that time loss, at least currently. Well, we, you and sense. I sort of talked about that, right? And I think we were using road America as an example. So yes, when you pull the regen paddle, which is something that drivers can do, right? It, it regens the, it's not a battery, the capacitor, but it does take away quite a bit of performance, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can use it in a place where you know you're not going to pass the car in front and you've got enough of a speed advantage to the corner that may be losing a little bit of time, uh, you know, from acceleration or whatever. So let's say you're you're on the brakes into turn five at Road America, okay? Mm -hmm. And there is a car right in front of you that you've been catching. You're right on his gearbox now. You're not going to pass them into six. You're not going to pass them into seven. You don't really need to pass them into eight or into the carousel. But if coming out of five, you could just hold the paddle. Coming out of six to seven, you could hold the paddle. Seven down the hill to eight, you could hold the paddle. And then, you know, even if you don't do it into the carousel, you've now regened enough that out of the carousel, you could get on the button and use it down that straightaway. That could be helpful. I don't know if just all the lifting in that section is enough to charge it. Or if mm. pulling the paddle would give you a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, in theory, that works. That's going to take a lot of tuning um, because currently every time you you lift and there's any braking zone, you recharge. So like, it's like it, it re- it's a full pack just in one brake zone, basically. Right. But a lot. Yes, currently. But but that we have a lot of ways to adjust that. Right. We can change the floor of the state of charge and, and you can change the, the rate of regen in terms of how much torque it's actually putting into that. You you know, I think everyone is on the on the page that you want maximum deployments. You want all of the power that it can produce for the deployment. But there's there's a lot of different parameters. Like, how long do you want the maximum power? Do you want it for four seconds? Do you want it for eight seconds? Do you want it? Do you want that to change on a street course, road course versus noble? Do you want the regen to be basically every braking zone and just completely automated? Do you want the deploy to be semi-automated, but you can override it? Do you like? There's so many things that we can change that we don't know yet. Um, so, but I, but yes, I think that. In theory, what you're saying makes sense, but also like everyone's got to be aware that the capabilities currently of the system are not that of a of a curse, right? Right. That, right. that F1 had way back when. Like it's a it's a simpler system, yeah, um, for obvious reasons. Uh, so we're just gonna have to wait and see as as to how they come up with it. But IndyCar is doing. I mean, we are testing whether it's us, Penske, Ganassi, or Andretti there is a car on track every single week. So like they're, they are putting the miles on it. They're figuring this out. So by the time we get to St. Pete, 
we're going to have a pretty good system in place that I think everyone's kind of agreed on. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to nominate then that the regen light flashes only when the driver uses the panel. So that the paddle, sorry. So it's, so it's smart. So if it's in the brake zone, it's just happening. We know that, but if we see yeah. the flash, you're like, oh, okay, he's trying something different here. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I love the days when we had the led panel and, yes. and the, the, yeah. the flashing push fast thing came on. Like that was awesome. Um, a shame that that didn't stay around. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree that it would also add to the fan experience of the people at the track, right. like being able to understand. Because the thing is, this, the car doesn't sound different. Um, it doesn't look any different. So aside from us telling you it's a hybrid and there's a sticker on the car saying it's a hybrid, you wouldn't know. So this would go another step into into actually kind of showing you know, these are areas where drivers are regening and, and you're saving energy and you're saving fuel and, and all that sort of thing. Love that. Uh, all right, look, you're on your honeymoon. I just saw Mrs. Rossi walk by in the back. Um, it's been great chatting with you. We appreciate the effort of being on the show this week. Uh, but go enjoy your honeymoon, bud. And uh, thanks for chatting, Tim. Thanks for not falling asleep. First time I've seen you not do that for the last three days I've been with you. And... Uh, <laughs> And we will catch you guys next week for an update on what's happening in the jungle of Indonesia and what mm. happened at the, uh, the U.S. Grand Prix. Bye. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.